Hello and welcome to The Blonde Commentary, exploring modern masculinity through faith. My name is Trey Orndorff and I'm just so happy that you've chosen to join us today as we unpack who Jesus Christ is and why he's important to just living a gospel-centered life, just a life in general as a young person. I think that especially in today's day and age, it can be very jarring and daunting to have to walk through a world that's as busy as it is. Oftentimes, we think that we are simply confined to the busyness that everyone else has to deal with when in reality, God really wants us to live the abundant life. But how do you really live the abundant life when everyone around you is telling you that you have to be doing everything in order to have a sense of happiness? And so today I'm actually really, really excited to be joined by a good friend of mine, Samantha Lockett. Uh, she is in my graduating class here at UA, and I just want her to be able to introduce herself and talk a little bit. So hi, if you would hi, like Hi, I am so excited to be invited on your podcast. Um, I've never done anything like this before, but I think it's a really awesome opportunity um, to talk about my faith and my experience here at Alabama. Um, so I'm a senior and I'm studying civil engineering and I've gotten involved in a lot of organizations on campus as well since I've been here. I was involved at Greek Life at one point, um, but I've kind of taken a back seat from that scene. Um, my senior year to focus more on academics and my relationship with the Lord and just strip away some of those things, which I think is very um, imperative to the topic of busyness and how to balance all of that and saying no to certain things, saying yes to other things. Um, but I'm also involved in an organization called The Times Retreat, which has been awesome. And hopefully I'll get to touch more on that as well. But that's about it, about who I am and um, some things that I've gotten to be a part of. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I know this is, uh, for our listeners out there, if this is your first time, hi, welcome. Uh, very happy to have you listening with us, of course. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, this podcast is simply just designed to allow young people to see that when they're kind of looking for a way to navigate life, God is the answer. And it can be very scary and daunting to do so uh, when you don't really have a compass, but God gives us that perfect compass. And so thank you so much for choosing to listen today. And yeah, so first of all, thank you so much, Samantha, for that uh, nice little uh, introduction there. So I guess first question that I would have, so just to get to know a little bit more about you. So could you talk about what you're studying and how you really got involved with that in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess specifically, I'm studying civil engineering and I have an interest in structures, just kind of the components of infrastructure, how it works, and it's kind of technical, so I will not bore anyone with those details. <laughs> but um, I will say what actually got me interested is my grandmother, and um, she's always very crafty growing up and she had this victorian dollhouse in her basement and it was kind of one of those on display can't touch it but her dad actually had handmade all of it and it was so beautiful so intricate like every shingle of the roof perfectly laid and trimmed and i was always so fascinated and had this goal set out that i wanted to do something like that one day and as a kid i was ambitious and i thought you know i can do this now but i did not have the skills or expertise to do anything like that um, but I think the reality of an interest in engineering hit me when I was in middle school. And luckily, we had um, a very involved 
faculty that wanted to recruit women in STEM specifically. And so I remember a group of girls kind of were all recruited in eighth grade and we got to go to Alabama Power and hear from other female engineers. They would come to our school and sit with us. They would do activities with us. And so that really piqued my interest to realize not only do I have an interest in the fundamentals of math and science that are required for this field of study, I also love it and enjoy it and it can come naturally at times. And so that was really exciting getting to see all of those aspects come together. Some of them are kind of like artistic, creative aspects of designing something matched with practical and logical concepts. So um, that was really awesome. And then also in my high school, we had an engineering program. And so I was involved in that for four years, learning more about what engineering is, all the different types. And I kind of settled on civil and structural interests because for me, I think, first of all, it just is so parallel to faith and God and who he is and how he builds things and Christ is our foundation and it's cliche, but it's just, it gets me going and I love it. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where all of those interests started. No. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I know, uh, it's kind of cool to get to see, uh, how everyone's path in life takes them. Uh, you know, we really, really never know uh, the exact plan that God has for our life. Uh, and it's really cool to kind of look back and see all of that. So thank you very much for sharing, of course, but I guess kind of going off of that. So you mentioned in middle school, that was kind of like the time when you started to figure all of this stuff out where they're like, any other inklings beforehand or anything that's like really helped shape the path, like even later on in life to be like, oh, this is exactly it or um, more kind of just. That's a good say. question. I would say that <laughs> it's really funny. As a little kid, I originally wanted to be a doctor and oh. I remember going to my pediatrician. I loved going until it got scary and I had to get blood drawn and shots and I didn't like it anymore. I understand. Um, and so from an early age, it was like, oh my gosh, I love the med field, love nurses, love doctors and all the things that they do. But physically, it just does something to me and I just can't do it. I just, I can't. And so the next best thing was engineering. Um, obviously, it's great. I'm not biased. But um, no, I think just the fact that it, it, I don't know, as a kid, like always loved building things, putting things together had a little brother and he liked the idea of putting things together, but not the concept. So I was the one who built him, you know, train, train tracks, train, whatever, Lego sets, all of that stuff. And so that I think also contributed greatly to using creativity to take something from your mind and work really hard towards it and make it into a reality. It's so rewarding. Um, but also my, neither of my parents went to college, so they went, maybe took a couple classes, but decided this is not for me. Um, and so actually being one of the first in my family to go to college and get a degree has been a big driving force behind wanting to stick with it. Um, but also in a reality, um, in the reality that we're in, um, being more realistic, it's a great job market. <laughs> There's always going to be jobs available and hey, that's very important. Infrastructure yeah. is very important. It's great for our economy. There's so many things in a societal standpoint that make it a good decision, I would say. So that also kind of drove that decision. Yeah, that's awesome. I, like I said earlier, I mean, it's so cool to get to see the journey there. Um, and it's awesome that you've kind of let, you know, God guide you in that, which yeah, is really cool. Um, but yeah, I think one thing for all of our listeners out there, today's topic, as I mentioned last week, uh, is going to be more in the mindset of busyness. 
and about how we can create work-life balance, not only in terms of just in general and kind of this human plane, but also in the same time, how God really wants us to be able to have that balance so we can live out the abundant life, which I think is just so incredibly important there. I think that one of my one of my favorite verses actually is John 10, 10 that says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but God came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. And that abundant life is something that I think is very difficult for a lot of us to really quantify in words or even in thoughts sometimes, because we as a society, sometimes just define our abundant life as having a lot of something or being fully enveloped in something else. But I'm not sure if that's exactly what God is uh, thinking there. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that, like living the abundant life? Yeah, in absolutely. Um, I actually have heard that verse in another translation and it actually uses instead of the word abundant, it talks about having life and having it in the full. Um, and so when I think of that, I think of the fullness of God and specifically not necessarily the fullness of who he is or being able to captivate that because physically we are not able to do that. Um, but actually thinking about the fullness of his spirit and how his spirit enables us to have fruits. And so the fullness of those, peace, love, joy, kindness, all of the fruits are so essential to our living. And when we think of the world, it's so easy to think that similarly to what you said, um, just a fullness of things or a fullness of accomplishments, all of these worldly, um, yeah, worldly translations of that. And in reality, I think spiritually, we're able to have a fullness in him. Um, and so it allows us to take the weight off of those things and put them onto the things that we can't necessarily see, which are then manifested as those fruits and the way that we act, our countenance, the attitude that we have, because we're in this world and we have nothing, but at the same time we have everything because we have salvation through Christ and giving us eternal life. And so um, I think it's resting in the fact that abundant life is knowing fully the price that Jesus paid on the cross for us and living that out fully, accepting it, knowing it, believing it, and not letting anything separate us from the love of God and who he says we are um, by that price that he paid for us. So, I mean, that's honestly, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head right there. That, <laughs> I, that I could not have said it better myself. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see. I, I know for me personally, I'm very much of a, not only am I a planner, but I also love to keep myself busy. And so for me personally, I've always thought about keeping myself busy as a way of kind of not only occupying my time, but also as a sense of success. And call that what you will, a byproduct of my public education or just the American social system that we have here. But it wasn't actually until this year that I really started to slow down a lot. God started teaching me the lesson that being overtly busy is not overtly great. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a really tough pill for me to swallow because I always love to be on the move, always love to be going, trying new things, doing new things. And I've kind of seen that I can't I can't really live out the life that God wants me to without first resting in the fact that he does want us to have that abundant life. And I can't be doing that running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Yeah. Uh, so 
that's kind of my whole takeaway with that. Um, but I guess for you, one thing that I would ask just to get another perspective is to see why do you think that so many people in this world are so just overtly busy? Yeah. Like why, why do we want to make ourselves so yeah. busy? or even have a plan for everything. Absolutely. Sense. I think that is such an imperative question and actually is the heart of so many issues, I feel like, in society and especially even in Christian community because sometimes we can get caught up in equate works with a better or close, closer relationship with the Lord. Um, and so I would speak from my perspective and experience for myself that I find when I'm the busiest, like the busiest in my life, um, I'm not really doing the best mentally. And I use it as a outlet almost, a coping mechanism to deal with my emotions. And so instead of um, spending time with the Lord, spending time in prayer, spending time facing, how am I feeling about things? What decisions am I making? What am I involved in? How are my studies going? What are my priorities? I mask all of that with, oh, I'm busy. It's go, go, go. I'm spending time with this person and that person. And although those things are all over the great and they're filling in the moment, I find myself so depleted because I have now, in a way, idolized this busyness and I've isolated myself from the Lord. And so I think people do it as a way of this false sense of control of, okay, my life is good. It's looking good. It's it's filled. Once again, the abundant life, this fullness, well, it is full. It's full on my calendar, but my spirit <laughs> is not full. And Amen so it's just this like tug of war between, okay, how do I spend time with the Lord when I am only spending time with the world or myself or people or Christian community, church. Sometimes it's a good thing, but too much of a good thing is now an idol. And so it's not good anymore. Exactly. Um, so I would just say that there is this tendency for believers and even non-believers to strive. Um, we honestly, in the beginning, were created to strive to be like God and we have Christ and a standard to live up to, but it it isn't achievable. We're not able to be like him. And so, um, yeah, us just trying to make, make a plan or have all the things in our control. It's just not feasible or realistic. And we think that it is, but eventually I think everybody reaches that point where the busyness and the filling the schedule and, um, maintaining tons of relationships, it's not fixable anymore. It's just not true. Yeah. And I think also going off of that, it's, uh, it's amazing for me looking at being such a planner. Like, I don't know about you if you're mm -hmm. like very much of a planner. That's a so-so. I've learned by the grace of the Lord to um, be more flexible. I used to be very type A, but now I'm a wannabe type A. I understand. Yeah. But I think when I'm looking at it, one of my favorite stories uh, from the Old Testament has to do with Sarah when she's, uh, you know, of course, trying to have a kid and... God, you know, tells her that, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have a child. And she's like, not in my old age and basically <laughs>, laughs. And right. well, God really shows her and ends up having Isaac, which means he laughed, which I always find <laughs> to be very much of an interesting irony, but also a great metaphor to the fact that God's plans are so much greater than ours. And so that is the only way that we can ever truly live out the abundant life is by being able to let go and let God. And I think for one thing that does bring me to another question that I had is just why do you think people have such a difficult time with that concept of 
letting go of their own pride to allow God to direct their steps and ultimately not make them have an unbearable work-life balance. Yeah, absolutely. I think I feel like I touched on it a little bit earlier, but in a very straight and to the point answer, it literally started in Genesis when um, Adam and Eve were created in the world and they were tempted with this idea that they could be like God or essentially be God and make decisions in his power and authority. And so when we taste this, um, this glimpse of that in the world that we live in, that's infested with sin at times, it's very tempting to want to take control of things and um, do it our way per se. And that also then kind of lets us be led by our fleshly desire and our inner desire opposed to being led by the spirit. And so there's a very fine line in that. And it's hard sometimes to discern, okay, what is it the spirit and what is my desire? Because my desire might be really good. It might be reflecting what the Lord is saying, but um, it might not be where he wants me to be at. And so I think it's hard to follow the right, the right path sometimes, but Ultimately, the only way we're able to do that and fill that out is being consistently in the word and consistently knowing of who the Lord is and communicating with him in prayer. Because if we can't, um, if we can't recognize his voice through those things, we're not going to be able to recognize his voice in day to day life in the world. And so then we're going to start to make decisions or plan things or try and control things. And the thought of is this even biblically backed? Is this even what the Lord would have me do? Is this something that Christ would encourage? Like that goes in the back window because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not communicating and having an intimate relationship with the Lord. So I don't know how to listen to his voice and what he's telling me to do. And so I think it ultimately comes down to an intimacy with the Lord is the main root of why people think they have the authority in a way to make all of their own decisions or do things their own way. Not to say that the Lord doesn't tell us to initiate certain things or tell us to walk in obedience and boldness and faith. Right, right. But um, I think most of the time when we start to get a little greedy and think that it's in our power and control, we quickly derail um, a lot of different things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's an awesome way to look at it, uh, derailing things in life. I, I like the way that you put that. It's interesting to think that like we're trying to keep everything, keep the train on the track, so to speak. But uh, if God is the only one who can truly conduct that train, then it's obviously (laughs) going to fall off the tracks if we try to do anything apart from him, which I think is I think that's really, really cool. Um, It's awesome that we have a God that's an advocate like that, which is just awesome. So now kind of shifting gears a little bit just to touch on some more personal things. So this year you have taken on some brand new responsibilities through the Chimes Retreat, of course. So just to tell uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what the Chimes Retreat is and what your roles have been and what you will be doing in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Chimes Retreat is a wonderful, absolutely wonderful organization where a lot of church bodies, local church bodies in Tuscaloosa come together and we have a week long retreat in Birmingham and incoming freshmen are allowed to come register for this, stay for three days um, and they are able to meet other freshmen, but ideally they hear the gospel and they hear who Christ is. So if they don't know him, they can come and know him. And secondly, it allows them to have access to this beautiful pool of ministries and churches that we have here. And so we actually have a ministry fair where different church bodies and organizations will send representatives and they'll have a table. And so they'll get to talk about their ministry 
industry, you know, get to answer any questions students have and also get this face-to-face -face interaction that they might not get just from viewing their social media page and check, you know, checking out a ministry online and whatnot. It makes it very personable. And that's one of my favorite parts about the Times Retreat. But um, overall, it's also beautiful to see leaders within these local bodies represent their churches and serve as staff members because these students that are serving at this are not getting paid to do it. And so they're volunteering. They're actually paying out of their pocket to be a part of it. And from every aspect, it's student led from the band to, you know, people setting up equipment, tearing down all of it. And it's, it's beautiful to be a part of it. Um, but I originally got involved in the Chimes Retreat my sophomore year. And so I just finished freshman year going into sophomore, I believe. Either way, I saw the application for staff um, posted on a friend's social media story. Woke up, it was over Christmas break, saw it pop up, and I was like, man, I missed the deadline for this, but this sounds really cool, and I'm just going to fill out the application. And so as I kept filling out the application, and I pulled out my Bible and all these things to answer some of the questions, it was very beautiful to see that I prayed about it and was like, Lord, if you want me to be a part of this, then even though this application's late, you're going to work it out. And it, it was just like a desire that I didn't know that I had. Um, and so I also didn't go to the Chimes Retreat my freshman year. It was COVID and if I can even say that word. Um, and so freshmen were, um, you know, a little hesitant. I was really hesitant about going to things and not sure how it would be. Um, so I didn't go, but got to serve. And I just remember going through the interview process and was asked certain questions. And it was very grappling for me and my faith to see that I had a burning desire to be a counselor. I wanted to lead a small group <laughs> so bad. That was what it's I wanted. Um, but that is not what the Lord had in store for me. And so I ended up serving on operations staff and getting to set up things and direct traffic and luggage and whatever. And actually, it was through that that I realized maybe I love the hands and feet part of serving more than the knowing the word and sharing and fellowship part. And so it was beautiful. And um, I absolutely just remember coming alive, getting to spend time with people and meeting other people I had never met before. It was just beautiful to see that now I had familiar faces all over campus and it just bridged this gap between different churches. So that was my first time serving. And then I remember there was leadership applications that were released the following year. And so I went for those and served as our female head of prayer. That was the most stretching experience in the best way. Like I had to die to my flesh so many times and meet with my prayer partner. And he was so disciplined. And I was just like, gosh, I'm so glad to have this person um, leading me and pushing me because um, we were we were pushing one another. But he was just a wonderful person to get to serve with. And we would meet on Fridays for an hour. And it was just beautiful that we would sit down and open up our previous like guide we had with all the staff names and we would pray for every single person that attended name by name down the list and it was like god i don't know these people but you do and so by the spirit him giving us the words to pray over these people was so beautiful and at first it was a little grudging like to sit there and pray for an hour and, and you look down and you're like oh it's been 10 minutes like i have 50 more minutes to pray like yeah. oh, how am i going to get through this but by the end of it we would we we stretched it like it would we prayed for like two two and a half hours one day and i was like yeah my, my class got canceled he was like okay we're gonna pray some more and i was <laughs> like oh okay um so it was that was a beautiful role and it once again just gave me this opportunity to be the hands and feet of christ and 
serve in like all of these behind the scenes ways again for another year. Um, and so now I am one of our directors. And so that is just, oh my gosh, I am so blessed and thankful. And I just remember being asked to be a director and I actually thought I was getting in trouble. <laughs> um, I remember one of our advisors pulled me to the side and was like, Hey, I have a question for you. And I just, my heart sank. I wanted to cry. I was like, Oh no, maybe I messed up. Maybe I didn't do my job. Well, oh, like all of these things had all these thoughts going on. Um, but yeah, I just realized that, um, that wasn't something that I had a desire to do. Wasn't something I ever anticipated being asked to do. And I actually was currently when asked reevaluating all of the ministries that I was involved in and was completely surrendering those to the Lord and taking steps back from all of them. And I was like, Lord, like I have to strip away all of these things because I have now put these before my walk with you and I'm distant and I need to focus on you. And so um, when I got asked to do that, I was even surprised with myself that I said yes, but it has been such a blessing and um, it has actually like just pulled me so much closer to the Lord by being able to do this role. So I could go on and on for years and days and oh, hours. I know. Yeah, so no. I will stop. No, you're fine. No, thank, thank you so much. Yeah, I think um, I've also been so blessed to be able to be a part of the Chimes Retreat Ministry for the past two years. I wasn't able to attend it my freshman year, kind of like you, but I did serve on the support staff the mm -hmm. first time and then did the counselor position. And like you were saying, I just can't say enough about how awesome it is uh, to see so many young people not only on fire for the Lord, but also acting as such leaders and ambassadors for Christ and for their church bodies that we have mm -hmm. here in Tuscaloosa. And I, like I said, like you said, there's, there's so much that could be said about yeah. it. Um, but for all of our listeners out there, if there is anyone that happens to be coming to UA as a freshman or is currently at UA and would potentially maybe like want to get involved, I know that the application yeah. window has already closed for all of that. But uh, if there's anyone that is potentially interested in attending, how would they go about doing that? Absolutely. I would highly recommend if you have social media to go follow at the Chimes Retreat. Um, however, we also have a website. And so finding that, I do believe as well, if you go into MyBama, there's a portal full of organizations and I don't exactly know what that's called. Um, I believe it's the UA Source. Yes, UA Source. There should be a spot actually for the Chimes Retreat on that as well. So there are other ways to reach us aside from social media, but the best step is if you're wanting to serve per se, um, sending that Instagram account or contacting an email address with interest and letting us know your name and maybe, I guess, tell us a little bit about you and what church you're involved in. Um, and we can uh, go from there the next steps. But if you're a freshman, that is so exciting and we would love to have you attend. We'll have our registration link out soon. So just constantly checking on our social medias or, um, our website so that way you know when those are posted and available but we will be announcing that in the very near future that's awesome man i thought i could get a little bit of an inside scoop out of you real fast but that's all good <laughs> no worries i guess i'll uh we'll have to hold off but like she said yes uh go check out the instagram uh at the chimes retreat and they should be able to help hook you up yeah. One thing you actually mentioned a little bit earlier that i wanted to circle back to which is something that i personally had to learn is that 
oftentimes we can get ourselves very, very involved with a lot of church ministries, which is great. Like yeah. I have nothing against that. In fact, I, I preach that if you're going to get involved with anything in your life, it should definitely be something gospel centered or at least something that points back to Christ. All that being said, though, I know for me personally, one thing that I faced is that being someone that likes to keep myself very busy, I kept myself so busy with church activities that it ended up becoming more of a chore than it yeah. was an actual relationship. And so I think that is one thing that a lot of people can fall into. At least I can attest to the fact and, sit, fact and say that I have fallen into the trap of just wanting to keep myself so busy within the life of the church that I'm just physically exhausted. And we see there's an image that I've been told about by my parents and by even different Bible study leaders that I have through navigators and other things that you can't truly pour into someone else the way that God wants you to without first being poured into yourself. And so I was just wondering if you could speak a little bit to that about how you see kind of like you mentioned, you know, people, whether it be yourself or other people that you know, getting potentially a little too over-involved and how they can still stay involved with those ministries, yeah. but also at the same time, listen to the rest that God wants to give them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, honestly, the best way that I can go about this topic is to talk about somebody who is a mentor in my life and somebody that poured into me to help mold me into the person that I am. And so um, her name's Alyssa. She's fantastic and would have a ministry for high school students when I was in high school. And I just remember all the big decisions of coming to college and getting involved in church community and, you know, thinking I would be involved in one church. And now years later, I'm totally somewhere else, but praise the Lord. Like, but having her as this um, counsel for me to go to when I was overwhelmed or when I had questions or, um, you know, felt like I was drowning in all of this involvement. She, she is very much somebody who can relate to that. And she is a lot older than me and wiser than me in her faith. And so getting to see her go through med school and residency and then become a full-time doctor, she balances that with ministry so well. And it blows my mind. And I'm just like, how is it that we are together at 8 p.m. and you've been working all day and you had this before and all these things and taking care of yourself that you were this radiant ball of sunshine still? Like, how are you doing it? Um, and so... The best advice that she gave me and that I live by is that to love other people, I feel like sometimes we think we need to go do these elaborate things or we need to constantly just be going and doing. And so she was saying, it's so beautiful to invite somebody into something that you're already doing. And so I think as far as discipleship goes in ministry, looking at my life and thinking of activities of, okay, what are things that I enjoy, but that I'm going to do that are a non-negotiable priority going to do them? A lot of those are mealtimes for us as well. And so that was one big one that she mentioned is mealtimes. You're going to eat dinner. So like, why would you not invite somebody to eat dinner with you or lunch or whatever? Um, and oh, yeah. for myself, it's very much like another avenue of that really random, but um, was the gym for me. And as as well, talking about work-life balance, I got to work full time last semester. And really the only time I could see people was during my lunch break and after at the gym. So it's really awesome to see that you can be super involved in ministry and in organizations and those do stretch you and sometimes are not something that, you know, 
it, yeah, that you can kind of have in the comfort of your own home or your own activities. You do have to make an effort to go to those things. But the best advice I ever received was evaluating what are activities that I already like to do that I know fill me up, but that I can invite somebody into and bring God into the center of it and make him the center of the conversation. Um, and so, yeah, that that's just changed the game for me to be able to balance and know okay, you know, when can I say yes? When can I say no? Knowing yourself too, as well, it takes making mistakes. It takes overbooking. It takes setting up a study date and you talk the whole time and no studying was done. Things like that. Um, it's all a part of growing as a person, but um, that's what's helped me because I am the type of person where I definitely need time away and time spent alone with the Lord um, to be filled so that I can love on others and pour into others. And similarly to what you said earlier, I feel like there was definitely times in my life where I was pouring and pouring and giving, and then it became this very chore to do like task. And I wasn't able to be as intentional in that. And so the other concept as well that I've learned is sometimes less is more. And even though we want to reach so many people and we want to, we want to have all of these fruitful relationships, sometimes narrowing it down to a handful of relationships that you can actually intimately pour into and love on and be present and personable in that's also changed the game for me. And it hurts sometimes to say no, it hurts sometimes to deny all the fun things that we want to do. Um, but I think that's the part of learning the character and it's so beautifully reflected too in Christ, especially when, you know, he could have been spending time with the disciples all the time, could have been spending time with people all the time, but yet the spirit constantly would pull him away to the wilderness for a while. And it was like necessary. So he reflects and shows that it is so necessary sometimes to pull away from the crowd and the people in the ministry and the beautiful things things and actually meet with the Lord and see what he wants to say. And it's just beautiful in that. So um, those are some things that I've learned. But yeah, that's awesome. And also for all the listeners out there, if you've heard some alarms in the background, please do not be alarmed. Uh, it is simply we have been having some technical difficulties here at my apartment complex, but uh, that is all due, of course, to the cold and other things like that. Thankfully, it will be warming up a little bit next week, which I, for one, am very, very excited for because yeah. I was not built to handle the cold, <laughs> never was, never will be. But yeah, thank you so much for offering those words of wisdom. I think that's, I think that's a really awesome perspective to have on it. Uh, and I think one thing, this is kind of us rounding out the conversation now. So apart from just busyness in terms of like church life or other stuff, just in general, like what would you say is your best advice for someone who does feel like they are very, very busy and, or that they're yeah. not necessarily getting fulfillment out of the things that they're doing yeah. because they're so busy. I know for you, you obviously seem like you lead a fairly busy life, but you've had a lot of success with sure. going and like you, like you were talking about, you know, taking things away, going, but what would be your best yeah. advice for that? So I'm going to give honestly just a very raw and real answer. That's probably not the most, um, the, the most exciting or one that people probably want to hear, it's okay. but it's the reality and the truth of it. And so speaking, I think specifically on, um, this last semester of my life, I got to do a co-op and that just kind of entails going to work full time for a company while also still technically being a student at UA. 
And I remember the first month of that, the growing pains were very real. The, okay, I need to wake up at the same time every day and be disciplined and uh, make myself go to sleep on time. And I was panicking because touching on your question as well, I think it is insensitive just to tell people that you can just cut things and you can pick and choose. There are responsibilities that we commit to or that we have in our lives that are non-negotiable. And so... I learned that very quickly working um, all the time and understanding there were constraints on that. And so it was just very stretching, but it's the fact that we have to literally rest in faith. We have to surrender completely and realize, all right, I've committed to doing this thing. I've committed to being a part of this. And that means dying to myself every single day. And that stinks. It's like, gosh, I want to wake up when I want and I want to do my laundry when I want and all of these things. But understanding, okay, wait a second, to actually serve the Lord well, to serve people in my life well, to show up to work well so that I can minister to my coworkers and have good faith-based conversations, which praise God those happen. It's like, I have to be disciplined in the little things that are overlooked, such as taking care of my body, eating good meals, going, you know, exercising, whatever, keeping myself healthy, like all of these things where I think in the college life or in the work life, it can be easy to also to take advantage of the concept of dying to ourselves and meaning literally neglecting us ourselves fully. And then we can't show up as who the Lord wants us to be. Um, But honestly, it's a hard pill to swallow. But yeah, just understanding that the growing pains and sometimes the loneliness associated with committing to things and having some relationships slip away because you can't maintain all of them, like all all of these other factors, um, it is a part of the process. And I just remember the Lord restoring joy to my eyes after that very long first month. And he started to also bless me with discernment to see how can I have conversations with my coworkers? How can I serve them well? How can I love them? How can I just be a better vessel of this opportunity instead of so selfishly making it all about what can I gain and how is it benefiting me and how is it shaping the plan of my life and realizing, you know, I am living for Christ and to die is gain. I have to die to myself. And so um, that's the biggest advice. And it, it it's hard and it takes time and being sanctified and growing close with the Lord. But um, I mean, that's that's the answer. That's all I can really say. Yeah. No, I, like I've like I've said before, I really think you hit the nail on the head there. It's amazing because it's kind of like the Bible verse of you know God being the vine and we are the branches, mm-hmm. and we can do nothing apart from God. For in the same way that fruit cannot grow apart from the vine, we also will just wither up and die, or even not even grow at all. You know, to keep with that whole extended metaphor just because we're living apart from God's will. I think my favorite book of the Bible, which is Matthew, actually, Matthew uh, Matthew chapter 6 is my favorite uh, chapter of the entire Bible. Highly recommend reading it, uh, which I will touch on that in some future weeks for this podcast. But Matthew chapter 11, verses 29 and 30 go, Take my yoke upon you. This is Jesus talking. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We live in such a world where our yoke is not easy, 
our burden is not light. I look at the beginning of this semester as I'm just about to be finishing things up and go off to medical school and have my whole life ahead of me. And yet this is the one time where I get to stand on top of the mountain and see that there's a lot that is about to not be easy and light. And yet in that busyness, God allows us and wants us to have that work-life balance because he knows that we desperately need it. If we were made in God's image, we must also follow God's example. And that example that he gave us so perfectly, even all the, all the way back in the creation story, where he stopped every single moment after he created something new to rest and to admire what he had created, even on the last day, taking a full day of rest to say that it was very good once everything was done. I think looking at things from that posture, reassessing how we're really living our lives and whether or not we're looking simply for the quantity of what we can do, but rather readjusting that to be that we're looking for the quality of what we have in terms of relationships, like you're talking about discipleship opportunities, all of those things is very important, not only for living the gospel center in life, but just for having life and living it abundantly. It's that abundant life that I really hope that you all can have, all of my listeners out there, because God wants it for you. It's not really out of the question for me to say that it would be weird for me to want that for you because, well, why would I not want what's in God's will? And God makes it very clear that he loves us and he wants the best for us. And though it will take a lot of dying to self, like Samantha mentioned so beautifully there, it's something that we have to do because pride was the original sin. And by overcoming our own pride, we can truly grow closer with God. And I think that's something that I, for one, am going to have to continue learning a lot more. But anyways, that's the Blonde Commentary. First of all, I just want to thank you so much, Samantha, for coming on here. Uh, This has been really fun. I had a good time doing this. It's kind of a little bit of a different setup. Usually I'm just recording a little monologue for me going off on something, but this was a nice little change of pace, and I'm hoping to be able to bring y'all more content like this in the future. But as always, thank you so much for listening, and next week I'm not really sure exactly what the topic will be. Of course, as the semester continues to ramp up, my schedule will get more busy, but I'm hoping that I can follow a little bit of the advice that has been given today in order to allow myself to have a very abundant semester. But anyways, with all that being said, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week, and God bless.